Hey, welcome to 1128 Community. My name is Mike, and I'm the lead pastor here. You know, our mission as a church is to help you do life different by setting rhythms and values with Jesus at the center. Now, we try our best to lead with love and to extend extra grace to all. Because, very honestly, we all could use a little extra grace sometimes. In fact, I needed a lot of extra grace today. Now, we understand that we might not agree on everything, but our hope is that we can all agree on one thing. And that's that the world needs more Jesus and that the church needs more Jesus as well. Now, last time, we jumped into this message series called Cursed. Now, uh, we're asking this question, if God can break the cycle of generational trauma, if God can break the, the things that we carry with us, that we pass on to our kids, that we've picked up from our parents, that, that was passed on from their parents, can God break the cycle? Can God break our addictions? Can, can God break our, our mental struggles, our, our unhealthy thoughts, maybe the depression that we struggle with? Can God break our, our bad habits, our lying, our cheating, our broken relationships? Can God break the cycle of generational trauma? Can God heal our family tree? Can God change not only my life, but the life of those that come after me? Now, last week, we said that the, the curse is broken with the blessing. And that blessing goes by the name Jesus. Uh, the curse, though, is something that we're kind of all born into. Uh, we're all related in a way. We're all part of this family, this family called humanity. And because of that, we pass on this curse. We pass on sin. We pass on all kinds of things that we don't want to pass on, but we do. And we, we struggle to navigate life because of it. But we learned last week that the blessing breaks the curse. And that blessing is Jesus. And, and if we receive the gift of forgiveness the gift of life with the Father that Jesus offers us through the cross, the, the blessing is broken, and we can navigate life a little bit easier, but it doesn't mean that we're still not going to struggle. We're, we're going to be free of hardships. Now, I could tell you personally that I've wondered the last couple weeks if I'm cursed right? Like, do I just, do I bring it on me? Is there something about me that, that causes this stuff to just happen to me? Last week, there was a, a conversation I had that was just really hard. It, I struggled with it all day. It derailed me. It caused me to wonder things like, should I be doing this? Is it all worth it? Wouldn't it just be easier to be an Amazon delivery driver I don't actually know that that's true, but it's one of those things that I think about in my head. I think, man, this is hard. I want to give up. I don't want to keep doing this. People are messy. Relationships are messy. And I was just feeling like, man, I'm cursed. And then it was all kind of healed and we had a great conversation and, and we moved forward. Now this week, part two of this cursed series, again, 
I get to Wednesday and things just kind of unravel. Things fall apart. Relationships uh, experience tension and frustration and struggle. And I'm sitting here again on Thursday morning because I record on Thursdays wondering, man, what is going on? Am I cursed? Why is this happening to me? And you know, I kind of wonder if if the reason that the last couple weeks have been so hard for me is because we together are touching on something that so many of us struggle with. So many of us deal with those feelings of feeling inadequate, those, those thoughts and, and wonderings if, if I'm cursed, is there anything I can do to do life different? How can I navigate? Maybe you feel that, maybe you're like me, And you're here right now watching this saying, man, I just need some tools. I need some practical things to help me navigate life when I feel cursed. To help me navigate those times when I feel like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't leave behind the things that were passed on to me. I can't leave behind some of that stuff that I saw my parents live out at home or, or that I picked up from, from aunts and uncles and grandparents. Like my family tree is cursed and I can't leave it behind. Now, before we go too much further, I want to make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Do Life Different, a podcast by 1128. And It's going to give you some resources throughout the week. This message will be on there, as well as a deep dive conversation uh, with different friends and experts in the the area that we live and and areas uh, that I've personally connected in the past. And on Fridays, you'll get some some guided prayer from my co-pastor and my wife, Colleen. Now, uh, today, I think, might be a struggle for you if it's anything like it is for me. Uh, Perhaps you felt cursed physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, or even relationally. I think a lot of us struggle relationally. A broken relationship, it's one of those things that it just seems like we all experience it. We all feel that, that hardship and tension of broken relationships. It's one of those things that we we want to avoid. A broken relationship, I could push off over there or I can avoid it and and I don't have to reconnect with that person. Maybe the broken relationship is uh, pointing back to that, that original broken relationship with God in the garden. Maybe that's why relationships and trauma and so much comes out of those being broken. Now, for me, uh, I've heard a time or two, maybe you've heard as well, that broken relationships aren't what God wants for us. And if you don't step into those relationships and try to fix them, you're being a bad Christian. Or maybe you have heard something even like, you can't be a Christian if you have broken relationships. Now, I'll agree, God doesn't want us to live with broken relationships, that there's forgiveness and things that we can offer. But sometimes a relationship is what it is. And it doesn't fully heal. It doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. It doesn't mean you can't be a Jesus follower. What it means is that you're human. And that's okay. Uh, today, as, as we jump into this, though, I, I think about 
who God is and what God wants for us. Who I am, who you are. And I think, I think what helps us most is when we claim our name. Right? When we claim our name, it's going to help us to navigate the pain. Claiming our name helps us navigate the brokenness. Claiming our name helps us to navigate life when we feel cursed. I mean, think about this. In, in, in Scripture, from the start to the end, when we look at Scripture, God gives people new names. God gives people new names. God names Abram, Abraham, Sarai, Sarah. Uh, he, he, he changes the name of Jacob to Israel. Simon to Peter. And maybe most famously, Saul becomes Paul. Now, the thing about Saul is, Saul grew up a Roman citizen. But he was a, a nationalist Jew. And so he grew up understanding all the things about, about Jewish culture, all the religious documents. And, and he even went to school to understand a lot of those things. And so he learned it all. He understood the rules. He understood the history. He understood all of it. And a part of me just kind of wonders if Saul had a horrible experience growing up in that kind of religious setting. Maybe he wasn't good enough. Maybe he felt like, man, I can't follow these rules. Maybe he was told he wasn't good enough. Maybe it didn't align with what he thought about the creator. I don't know exactly. But it, it created this, this, this person, Saul, that that persecuted people. He persecuted people. He persecuted Jesus' followers, Christians. Not just persecuted, like, like he actually killed them, murdered them. He went on hunts for them. Like he did not want Christians to be around. Christians were afraid of this man. He was evil. And I think that, that because of whatever his growing up experience was like, it caused this deep hurt, this trauma, uh, this belief that, that he was something evil. He, he kind of claimed it. He claimed it and he owned it and he became evil. And he was okay with it. And I think what's interesting is that in, in Acts chapter 9, we read about Paul's conversion. You know, I think Paul probably, when he grew up as Saul, he, he thought of, of the rules and, and Judaism and, and the religion as, as something you do. Not necessarily someone you are. And so I don't know that he ever had a relationship with Jesus until Acts chapter 9. Uh, we learn that he was on the way to Jerusalem, uh, and, and while he was on his way uh, to Damascus and Jerusalem, uh, this light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground. Uh, he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, 
Why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Right? Like, this Jesus, the one that he'd heard so much about, no doubt, all of a sudden, it became this personal relationship. No longer was it about rules, regulations, Sabbath rest, and, and eating the right meals, and doing the right things, and going to temple. And it wasn't about the laws. In this moment, the relationship became real. He had a full-on experience with Jesus the curse breaker. And the the men traveling with Saul, it says in verse 7, they stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul, he got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. And so the men with him, they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not drink or eat anything. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. Now, a few verses later it says, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, uh, he sent me so that you may see again. This is, this is a, a man named Ananias speaking. He sent me so that you can speak again, or see again, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And from that moment on, Saul's life was changed. No longer was Saul's life this idea that he had to to be some sort of perfect rule follower. His life was about the relationship, the encounter with this real Jesus, this blessing, this curse breaker. Uh, The murderer that he once was, was no longer Instead, his story became one of the most prolific stories in all of Scripture. It's a story of, of becoming the, a gospel-focused preacher, carrying the good news of Jesus into to all the land so Gentiles near and far could know about Jesus, the blessing, the curse breaker. Paul's life was different because of the relationship with Jesus. That that relationship was no longer broken. It was healed. And it was made new. And a few chapters later, in chapter 13, we see in verse 9 this this change where Paul claims his name, or, or Saul claims his name, excuse me. He says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. And he he goes on from there to share the good news. You see, claiming your name helps you navigate the pain 
It helps you navigate life when you, you feel cursed. Yeah, and what, what do we mean by claiming your name? It means that, that we've all been given a name. We've been given the name child of God, created in God's image, beloved. But we forget that name. We forget that that's the name that we've been given. And we start to believe things like, I'm a liar. I'm broken. I'm unfixable. I'm an addict. I am always going to struggle with depression or mental health. I, I have these emotional failures. I am a wreck. I'm unlovable. These are the things that, that we feel, we think, and we believe about ourselves. It's that curse that we feel we carry with us. And we forget our real name. We forget our God-given name, that we are beloved. We are a child of God. But like Paul, we need to, to claim our name that God's given us. Because when we claim our name, we're going to understand more fully who God is, how God walks with us, that our identity doesn't have to be all those other things that we think and feel about ourselves, that we are good enough, that we are lovable, that we're not evil, we're not liars, we're not addicts. We are child, children of God. Now here's the thing. A lot of times, uh, a message like this, it might end by saying, hey, pray about this. Ask God to, to turn your heart around. Ask God to change your mindset. And that's good. And I know that, that if you do pray, God will work in you. Uh, a lot of times it might be read more scripture because when you read scripture, when you get into the Bible, you're going to understand who God is and who you are in relationship to God. And that's good. I highly recommend that. But neither of those two things feel like enough sometimes. Uh, today I have two things that I want to offer up as steps that you could potentially take. To, to claim your name, to understand more fully who you are. We've got some groups that are launching the week after Easter, especially if you're a, a lady. We've got a virtual group uh, led by Jamie. Uh, Jamie is doing a great series. It's called Imago Day, and it's a study by Mike Cosper. And it's going to help you to, to fully understand who you are who you are as a beloved child of God. I highly recommend this, especially if you struggle with this, this thought or feeling that you are cursed, that you can't shake it, that you're, you're destined to carry on whatever has plagued your family. That would be one way to take a next step, to learn how to navigate life with that feeling, with that thought that, that just kind of holds on to you. You can find out how to, to register for that group or some of our other groups on our website, 1128community.org. 
Uh, and, and I'd highly recommend that because you're going to be able to do life with people, be encouraged by people, and really discover that you're not broken. You're not any of the things that you sometimes think that you are. Another potential next step would be to see a professional. You know, there are, there are therapists and counselors out there that they want to help you be healthy. They want to help you be healthy. And they know that a healthy you is understanding how you were created. Even, even a, a counselor or a therapist that, that doesn't have any sort of religious background, uh, they want to help you be healthy and discover who you are. And I really believe that as you have conversations with people that want to help you be healthy, you're going to discover who you are. And who you are is made in the image of Christ, a beloved child of God. And so if, if you're looking for some people that, that might be able to help you discover some of that in a professional setting, not a, not a Christian counseling setting, not a, a one-on-one with me or, or somebody here at our team, but a professional, licensed, and trained person. We have some resources available for you, and I'd love to get those to you. Uh, you can check our website as well for a list of, of people that we know and that we trust. Those are two easy ways for you to discover who you are, uh, to claim your name, to navigate the pain, the, the burden, the curse that you feel like you carry with you. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. God, we know, we know that you have given us a name. Help us to claim that name Help us to, to trust uh, that, that, that you have more for us, that we aren't cursed people destined to live out the things in our past, to pass it on to, to future generations. God, would you, would you grant us peace in our hearts? Would you grant us clarity of mind? Would you allow us uh, to, to discover more fully who we are who you've made us to be and how to live with you. We pray this in your name. Amen.